The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I'm very glad that you're listening today to Spirit of Recovery. I'm also glad to get your emails and your posts on Facebook. You can always like Spirit of Recovery on Facebook, and I encourage you to do that. Just go to our Spirit of Recovery page and also you know, post on our wall and let us know what you're thinking. Let us know how you are progressing in your spirituality and your uh, thinking about recovery. I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, the people in your unity community, know about us. Um, It's just a great thing to be broadcasting about recovery and about spirituality here on Unity Online Radio. And know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery, of course, through your computer. You can listen on your smartphone. Uh, You can listen to our archived programs anytime by going to www.unityonlineradio.org. And that's the same, really, as the unity.fm address. Either one will get you there, but we'd like you to uh, get used to using the unityonlineradio.org address. And know that you can listen to those archives 24-7, and we've got lots of great archived programs. You know that here on Spirit of Recovery, every week we bring you great guests. We talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. We always have people on who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable, who are innovative, people who are walking their talk, people who are either in recovery themselves or who are working with or writing for or teaching uh, about the process of recovery and sometimes all of the above. And my guests are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. The spirit of recovery is indeed a welcoming place. If you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or a friend of someone who has the disease of addiction, whether or not you are in your own recovery as a family member or friend, you're welcome. Or perhaps you're just curious about the process of, of recovery Uh, that you're looking for information, you are welcome. We're glad to have you listening and uh, glad for you to participate in our discussions. You can email us with your questions during the show um, or your comments, and or you can give us a call. Again, my name is Anna Schaust. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction, and those relationships got me started years ago on an active path of personal growth and development, uh, use of the recovery principles and the unity principles. So that's a walk that keeps uh, touching my life in very deep and profound ways, and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share with you about these ideas and, again, to bring you wonderful guests and also to hear from you about what's happening in your recovery and your spirituality walk. Today, we are talking about the process of transformation. And in religious language, at least in the Christian uh, viewpoint, that wisdom path, 
that's often thought of as resurrection. Um, in the Christian wisdom path and the Christian religion, we are celebrating this week as Holy Week. It's a week that leads up to the resurrection of uh, Jesus, and it's a powerful week all over the world. And so whether or not uh, Christianity is your path, I know that uh, there are certainly wise ideas that are universal ideas, that golden thread that moves through every uh, way of thinking about spirituality, every religion. And so today we are going to be talking about the transforming power of recovery and how recovery is resurrection on a daily basis. My guest today is Sandra McKinney. Sandra is a Unity minister who has served as a spiritual leader at uh, Unity Christ Center in Eau Claire, Wisconsin since 2003. And with the grace of God, Sandra will celebrate 39 years of sobriety on June the 6th, 2013. Sandra has an eclectic background and her journey that has lots of twists and turns through different states in the U.S. Uh, she has lived in the Midwest and in the South. She has worked in the Silent Unity Prayer Ministry as a prayer associate. She's also worked as an alcohol and other drug abuse counselor. She's worked in publishing, sales, and marketing. She is an entrepreneur at heart, and she began her own business called Guardian of Home, Hearth, and Pet that extended, expanded to eight states in eight years. As a minister, she's uh, bringing that entrepreneurial interest and skill to bear in her involvement with a group uh, in the Eau Claire area called Joining Our Neighbors Advancing Hope, or JONA is the acronym for that. And it's an interfaith community that works together, and they have done an incredible project. It's called It Can Be Done Africa, and they have brought clean water to the villages of Uru in Tanzania. And Sandra currently shares her home in Eau Claire with two cats, Charles and Myrtle. And those of you who do know about the Unity Path will understand who Charles and Myrtle are. Our co-founders are Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. So Sandra and her, her cats, Charles and Myrtle, uh, share a home there in Eau Claire. Uh, Sandra also has uh, degrees in hospitality management and business management and, uh, again, is an ordained unity minister. So, Sandra, thanks for joining us today here on Spirit of Recovery. Oh, thank you, Anna. I'm just uh, delighted to be with you. And, yes, Charles and Myrtle are here by my side. Good. Well, we're uh, glad to know they're there. <laughs> they, they will celebrate their third birthday uh, in the first week of April. Uh, and just one little clarification, the Jonah and the It Can Be Done Africa are really two separate projects. Okay. Uh, Jonah, Jonah is local, and the Africa Project is global. So those are two different organizations. That's great. That. Thank you. Thanks for that clarification. And later yeah. on, I'm going to ask you, ask you about that, because they're certainly a part mm-hmm. of, of that transformative process. So this is Holy Week um, in the Christian tradition, and uh, in uh, unity, we have also uh, a, a metaphysical way of understanding, a mystical way of understanding some of the Christian holidays, and, and actually all of them, and the Christian concepts. So what does this Holy Week mean for you spiritually, Sandra? Uh, well, in relating it uh, specifically to recovery, well, which is what I like to do, uh, I think it the metaphysics that uh, came to me through the unity movement of understanding uh, many of the Christian stories and beliefs um, really helped me come to a deeper understanding, more acceptance of some of the things that I had been turned away from or turned off of within Christianity. Uh, So I really thank Unity for that. And also, as I watch, um, you know, we get many um, people in our community uh, from different faiths where they have felt um, maybe another faith hasn't served them that well. And I think in understanding some of the metaphysics of the Easter holiday, that it really helps us all grow uh, and deepen in knowing and knowing and understanding better um, what some of those stories meant, what some of the words meant, and 
in changing them from a literal interpretation to a more uh, higher meaning. And mm-hmm. that's been very helpful for me. For sure. Yeah. Well, well this week we know that um, on Thursday will be many, again, people in the Christian tradition will be celebrating, you can either call it Monday Thursday or Holy Thursday. What is mm-hmm. the spiritual significance of that, and how would you relate it to recovery? Well, I remember the first time at uh, within my church at Unity and uh, doing a service uh, for Monday Thursday and um, replicating uh, form the communion and having someone uh, guide us through a communion ceremony that was what you more typically see in a Christian church, and also washing of the feet. And uh, just a deep feeling of uh, humility and uh, humbleness that came with that for me. And then watching that shared within the group. Um, you know, there's so many pieces of the Easter story that I think if we really uh, move into them on a deeper deeper level that they do serve us uh, in reaching that depth within us where, you know, that absolute truth uh, resides. That sometimes it's really harder for us to get to. And so I see the symbolism of some of these practices really taking us into a deeper place. And that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the, the experience of... Uh, Christian communion and the experience of foot washing, it makes me think about, uh, not that those things literally happen in a 12-step meeting, I don't mean that, right. but it makes me, it makes right. me feel, it makes me think about, about a recovery meeting. Does it strike right. you like right. that in any ways, or the meaning, the depth yeah. of it? I, yeah, and because, you know, in, as we're in recovery and we're connecting um, and supporting one another, holding each other up. Uh, being there even maybe in a when we're in times of uh, a place where we're not as strong and we can get that strength and support from others uh, that relates for me to this experience of uh, the Thursday celebration yeah 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 that feeling of we I alone can't do it but I can do we can do what I cannot that kind of right, sense of community. Right. Yeah, it's really important. And um I uh certainly recall that one of my uh teachers uh in the Unity Faith, uh Reverend Frank Judice, used to say you can't have a resurrection without a crucifixion. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my I, I wasn't too happy yeah. about that. <laughs> what, what, how do you see that? What is that all about, the crucifixion part? Well, one thing I, you know, I really see the gift of uh, recovery is really a gift of grace, and it's certainly been that way for me. And I know in in my experience with recovery, I can so relate to some of the differences of being born again, awakening, we have to die to awaken, um, because we do such a, for me, it was such a enormous transformation where I do think that's a gift. Those of us who enter a recovery program are given, and I see that as my gift that uh, I need to be uh, giving away all the time, which is also part of the recovery process, because mm-hmm. it... I, I've talked to other people where they, because they've not had that experience of too many, two different drastic ways of living, that it's harder for them to relate. And their, while their spiritual awakening may be a much slower, gradual process, um, I know a lot of times people will look at me like, what is she talking about? <laughs> because of when I can speak so passionately about this change that happened for me almost overnight. And I know that doesn't happen for everyone in recovery, but I'm very grateful for it because it helped me really see with new eyes and really relate to, oh my gosh, I had to die to live again. I can, I just 
that be, that becomes very real to me in every cell of my being. Would you tell us some of your story about how how you moved from through that? How you got that change? Well, and, yeah, I'd love to. And I I think, and I may have shared a little bit of this with you. I was very very shy as a child, and people have a hard time believing that today. Um, but I was so painfully shy. I could not be around people. I could not. You know, one-on-one I was okay, but I couldn't look you in the eye. Um, And this goes all the way up to age 35. I would never have got up and spoke in front of a group. Um, In fact, when I had to do that in school, it would would lead me to tears and high anxiety. And so as I think about that first 35 years of my life and where I was at personally... And knowing that it was alcohol that could change that within me, so that first drink of alcohol, of course, was magic because it filled that little hole in my soul. And it did give me the ability to be with people and to speak. But when I didn't have alcohol, then, of course, I couldn't. Well, and, you know, this, like all addictions, there's one day where that you cross that line and you no longer... Um, are able to use if you want to continue to live. And so that was my opportunity for treatment. And it was my fifth day in treatment where, man, my eyes just opened up to a whole different world. And seeing that, oh, this is what's wrong with me. You know, I always knew something was wrong. Oh, it's it's an illness, and it's called alcoholism, and it's about addiction. And so the important thing for me was to learn how to live then without alcohol. And I just put my heart, mind, and soul into it and into the 12-step program. And I'm very grateful that doing that a day at a time, I haven't had to take a drink for almost 39 years. What were some of the things you did in the very beginning that supported your transformation? You said you put your heart and soul into it. What did you do? I was 35 days in treatment, an inpatient program in Minnesota, and really got a lot of support and love uh, there. And then I did everything they told me to do. They said, you need to go to meetings, uh, you need a sponsor, you need to work the steps. And I faithfully did each of those things because in that first year of sobriety, I would hear talk about the first year is so critical and like this drink would jump out of the sky and down my throat (laughs) without my having an awareness. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's still pretty vivid memory. And uh, But I did all those things. I got a sponsor. I did some volunteer work in a women's uh, halfway house. I went to meetings sometimes five times a week, uh, got involved with the local intergroup office, and I lived and breathed and worked AA, and it created a great foundation I'm very grateful for. And then when I was sober a year, my sponsor said, it's time to go to church, (laughs) which I hadn't done for a number of years, and she took me to Unity, and that was my next gift. Hmm. And I've been there ever since. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing uh, that with us. It's time for our break. Listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back. My guest is Sandra McKinney. She's a Unity Minister in June. But by the grace of God, she'll be celebrating 39 years of sobriety. And our topic is the transforming power of recovery, recovery's resurrection on a daily basis. We'll be right back. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Are you feeling trapped by a situation you can't control? Don't know where to find help? 
Do you wonder if help even exists? It does, and it's always been there for you, hidden inside the ancient New Testament story of Lazarus. Unity Books invites you to unlock the secrets to peace and healing in The Lazarus Blueprint, new from best-selling authors Mary Alice and Richard Jafola. Marvel as they unveil six steps for overcoming seemingly impossible situations. Read about people like you who've used the steps to triumph over personal illness, financial hardship, and even the loss of a loved one. The Lazarus Blueprint offers a fresh new approach for fixing anything in your life with steps so universal, timeless, and powerful, they can work for everyone. Make it your turning point. Get The Lazarus Blueprint today, online at unitybooks.org. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is the transforming power of recovery. Recovery is resurrection on a daily basis. And my guest is Sandra McKinney. Sandra is a Unity minister. Um, she has been serving Unity Christ Center in Eau Claire, Wisconsin since 2003. And with the grace of God and her action uh, through that grace, uh, she will be celebrating 39 years um, of sobriety on June the 6th, 2013. And Sandra has uh, a background of entrepreneurship, of engagement in social action, and uh, she has a love for writing and a love for social justice. And she's going to be telling us later today about some of that passion that she has for social justice and what she's doing and how that really is an important part of the transformation that's happened to her and continues to happen to her in her recovery process. And so before I get back to my conversation with Sandra, I invite you to join me for a moment of peace, a moment of quiet, a moment for relaxation, for opening up to the presence of your higher power by sharing with me in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to relax, to let your breath uh, relax you from the crown of your head to the tips of your fingers and the tips of your toes. And share with me this constructive idea. Today I choose to be fully alive. I take action to come alive to my relationship with my higher power and with myself. Today I choose to be fully alive. I take action to come alive to my relationship with my higher power and with myself. Now relax in the quiet. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. 
And I trust that that was a moment of relaxation, a moment of quiet that brought you into an awareness of your higher power's presence and care for you. And now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Sandra McKinney. We're talking about the transforming power of recovery. Recovery is resurrection on a daily basis, as in the Christian tradition, we are celebrating this Holy Week, preparing for the celebration of resurrection, transformation, which is so much of what the recovery process is about. So, Sandra, before our break, you were telling us about how you, uh, as you, at the beginning of your own recovery process, you had a spiritual awakening and a realization about your life, and that after a while, uh, I think you said after a year, your uh, sponsor said you got to go to church, and she took you to Unity. <laughs> oh my! Yes. So, what was that like? What did you get? Oh, I, it was such a gift I was given. Um, it was in the Quad Cities, Davenport, Iowa, and I just I watched the people when I first started attending and seeing how they had no judgments. Uh, there would be people of all ages and all paths of life, and I was just enthralled with the difference I felt there, and that perhaps was the difference that had happened within me. Uh, but it was, I just embraced unity from the beginning, and I started hearing things that really spoke to me on a deeper level. You know, for me, uh, my early church experiences had all been head stuff in the intellect, and now it was becoming something that I really felt at a deep level. Um, I wanted to... Uh, maybe I'll take this moment to share uh, this statement I heard this morning, I don't believe there's any, uh, you know, that everything happens for a reason in our lives and everything's connected and no coincidences. And uh, I heard this statement early this morning and it just really resonated with me. And I thought, oh, I need to share that today when I'm talking with you. Uh, Out of our pain comes our passion to do our purpose. And that so speaks to me in my life and the things that's happened to me in my life. Um, I've had a lot of experiences that have created a great deal of deep pain. And yet, from those experiences, from the growth through the journey of walking through those times, I can see where it has, it's lit a pilot light. (laughs) Or maybe the pilot light was always lit, but it helped the pilot light get bigger inside. And it's really helped me see the whole reason I'm here on this planet and what's mine to do while I'm here. And also at this time of Easter, um, I like to use this time, uh, especially during Lent and the time leading up to Holy Week, uh, kind of a time of reflection and asking, you know, what in my life uh, needs to die, what no longer is serving me at a deeper level, and this is ongoing. So even in as we move into sobriety and uh, accumulate many, many years of sobriety, I think we still need these times of inner reflection. And uh, so what's no longer serving me? And so I, that's how I've been using this Easter time. And what am I willing and uh, ready to awaken to that maybe uh, still hasn't come to life? So, Are there any particular ways that you do that, any particular practices that you use to, to help you see what you're what, ready to uh, let I go like of? I like to journal. Yeah, I like to journal. I've actually been uh, the last 16 days doing this meditation that came through, um, I think I saw it originally on Facebook with Oprah and Deepak Chopra. Uh, They're doing a daily meditation of 10 minutes, and it's very simple. But I think it's the commitment of uh, doing something. It's a 21-day practice, so I started that. uh, We're in the 16th day. Um, also something I did during Advent, we recently installed a labyrinth that's built into our carpet. And during Advent to really 
give thanks for that gift because um, it's been a tremendous gift to the community is I did a 6 a.m. labyrinth walk every day during Advent. And I can see how these practices, they're so simple and maybe even pretty short in length, but they build on themselves. And so my my commitment is to always have some kind of practice uh, on a daily basis that I can commit to. And I think it's more about the commitment uh, than anything else. And that just taking that time away and just like the meditation you did for us uh, just after the break, it just moves us to a different place within ourselves. And I think it takes us out of our head and moves us into that place within our hearts where we really connect with the sacred and helps us connect with all of humanity. It's like you're you're taking uh, traditional Christian practices, and again, it could any religion, of course, all religions have their traditional practices, and using them in a very uh, deep way, not in a rote way. Mm-hmm. How did how did you mm-hmm. come to that? To be able to able to do that. Well, I give credit to Unity because you know my time within the Unity movement, which has been almost as long as my sobriety. I've really honed in on the practices of prayer and meditation, uh, which really served Charles and Myrtle well, and that's kind of what I connect to. Uh, maybe even more so than their teachings, which sometimes go over my head. <laughs> I can just really connect to that uh, place of going within and just being. Mm-hmm. What, um, motive, What? I guess, how do you do that? Again, everybody's got their own ways of doing it, but I know sometimes people in recovery, even though in the 11th step, if you're a 12-step person, that that is the prayer and meditation step, and again, prayer and meditation in some form is a part of all religions and all wisdom paths, but sometimes we don't do it. You do it. What how do you do it? Some people are intimidated. They won't try. Or what do you? What motivates you? And how do you engage in that prayer and meditation practice? On a well, I think basis? in the beginning, and I remember back uh, to beginning uh, those practices early in recovery, and using guided tapes uh, or someone's words, or were actually guiding you through some kind of visual. And that's what I had to do in the beginning uh, to kind of get out of my head and the thoughts. And then I've I've really experienced, worked with and experienced all kinds and types of meditation uh, from Vipassana, Buddhist, uh, to chanting with the Hare Krishna monk to, you know, so I I will explore. And that's another reason I've always loved about unity is I think we're, I feel I have permission to, search and explore all the different uh, resources that are out there. And I've now come to a point in my life, and maybe it's just how we grow and deepen in our spirituality, where I just like a little soft background music, and that's really all I need. I don't want anybody's words anymore. And, and you know, maybe it'll be five minutes. Maybe I can do it for half an hour, even an hour or if I'm on a retreat for much longer. But I just think it's about the commitment to doing it on a regular basis. And not that I don't have times where I move away from it and it's like, oh, a week went by. Oh, it didn't have been meditating. But I can feel that. I can feel that in my life. And How does it yeah, affect your life? Tool. Yeah, when you've missed, when you've missed uh, several days or a week of meditation. How's I it different? I think there's something that gets off balance. Um, and that we just, I just have a knowing that, you know, something's missing, uh, maybe don't deal with life, uh, things that happen in life as well, or as much peace. Yeah. It's, you know, it, when you've done it for as long as I have, I think, <laughs> you know, uh, it's best to not get in a place where you go very long without doing it. That's right. Yeah, it keeps keeps. You and it is deep. one thing I like about winter. <laughs> uh-huh. I find winter much more <laughs> a reflective time and a much easier time 
to uh, go within and feel like I have permission to hide under the covers and meditate. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. And now, one thing, you know, Sandra, that you've talked about already a little bit today, but I'd like to go deeper with that is the, you know, you said that even in recovery, uh, we can have painful things happen to us. And that feels in a way like a death. It seems like every time, like a crucifixion, when something painful happens, it's, it's like in a way we kind of shut down and contract for a while and we have to work through it. Uh, what are some of the ways that you, in your recovery walk, have taken those crucifixions that do come along the way and uh, and use them for resurrection? How do you keep growing and keep going forward with those when that happens? They happen to all of us, different different things, but right. part of life. And I think the... Uh the self-talk, you know, when life happens, you know, three years ago, um, I lost my oldest son and uh, two addictions. And some of the, a lot of the pain of that and moving through that time and being able to feel the feelings and just be in that grief and knowing and feeling the support of my community and my friends that really lifted me. I, could, I really know what it means now to be uplifted by prayer. Um, that's probably one of the biggest times of pain that I've had uh, in recovery. Well, there, there's certainly been other challenges. That one was certainly the saddest. And I think when we've had those foundations of prayer and meditation on a regular basis, that it's that foundation then. It's just like the foundation we build in recovery and doing that work in the beginning uh, in this, with the steps and that those then serve us at those times when life happens. And, yeah, it's, it was very powerful. Right. It's like we, almost like you've, you've built up uh strength or built up an energy field? Is that, I don't know, how would you mm-hmm. describe it? I think that's a good way to describe it, yeah. Because it, and I've heard other people during, uh, when they've lost someone at the time of death, how they just felt lifted up. And I know that's the power of prayer. Um, we do a lot with prayer at Unity and Eau Claire and with an email prayer list. And I've had many, many people come back and say, wow, I just felt held up to that whole experience by the prayers. Right. So it's like the prayers of other people really do make a difference, don't they? Right. Mm -hmm. They certainly do. Right. I know, too, that you believe in the power of forgiveness as a way to keep going forward through those crucifixion experiences and into the resurrection. Tell us about what forgiveness is to you and how you live that. Well, and of course, that too was one of the stories that Jesus shared with us during uh, the Easter time of crucifixion and resurrection was uh, the story of his forgiving. And I, what's kind of, what is really coming to me is very vivid, as though it happened yesterday, and it was an experience at Unity Village uh, in a class where we were guided to and a meditation to see a big circle and have anyone within that circle that we had any need to have any feelings about forgiveness with, and then they would come and sit in a chair, and we could do a process. Well, after all the people, then was the chair with ourselves, <laughs> facing ourselves, and forgiveness, and then God. And I really, that whole experience that day really was a big blessing for me because I would never have thought in the past that there would have been a need for me to uh, forgive God. And yet I had some experiences in early childhood that you would say, well, how could a God allow this to happen? And so it really helped me in forgiving. And I can see that forgiveness work is very layered and that things will keep coming up from another place deep within over the years that we're dealing with some experience. And 
that once once our he, once our forgiveness or our healing is complete with a, an experience, I think we really do know that at a deep level. At least that's how it's been for me. And it's about the being willing to let go and surrender. Sandra, thank you so much. It's time for our break, and uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us, listeners. My guest is Sandra McKinney. Our topic is the transforming power of recovery. Recovery is a resurrection on a daily basis. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, Call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back. We're very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining me here on Spirit of Recovery, our topic is the transforming power of recovery. Recovery is resurrection on a daily basis as in the Christian tradition, we're celebrating Holy Week, moving through the, the story and the celebration of uh, the life and uh, crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. And uh, today we're looking at recovery as the resurrection story. My guest is Sandra McKinney. Sandra is a Unity minister. She's been serving as the minister at Unity Christ Center in Eau Claire, Wisconsin since 2003. And with the grace of God and her action taking on, taken on her own behalf, she will be celebrating 39 years of sobriety in, on June the 6th, 2013. So, Sandra, thank you for all that you've been sharing with us today about the recovery process and about the continuous need for growth, for resurrection, for renewal. And I know that uh, part of for you, this transformation process where it has led you and also part of the continuing transformation is your passion for social justice. And would you uh, give us again that quotation that you talked about earlier and then share with us about your interfaith work and your social justice work? Sure. That quote, which really resonated with me, is, out of our pain comes our passion to do our purpose. And you have certainly really found a lot of power in that. Absolutely. And, and you have certainly found a, a p- big part of your purpose in your social action. Tell us about Jonah and then also about the other project It Can Be Done Africa. And how's that part of your sure. daily resurrection? Sure. I will, you know, I will go back to the beginnings of my sobriety and just a little uh, social justice work I was involved in in the first five years of recovery in the 70s when uh, we were trying to change uh, some of the laws around drinking and driving. You know, it's hard to believe now, but in the 70s, there wasn't a whole lot happened to you when you were picked up for drinking and driving. They usually would slap you on the hand and 
charge you with a lesser degree. Uh, and so some of the work we did back then, I can now see this many years later that we were probably part of a, creating a solution to change uh, how drinking and driving has impacted back then for how it was impacting our lives and our society. And so it was that, you know, I like to think of it, we all have this little pilot light, and that when we really connect with what is ours to do, it will just burst into flame. And with that flame will come this energy and passion. Well, over the years, as I moved away from that kind of work with alcohol and drugs and did some other things in life while I remained sober and happy, uh, that pilot light would get lower and lower. <laughs> and it was uh, coming into ministry that, of course, then fired up the pilot light again. And over time, even ministry and some of the challenges that come with it uh, can kind of let the pilot light go a little, <laughs> get a little smaller. But it was getting introduced locally to this uh, work that brought all kinds of faiths together. I'm really passionate about interfaith and that uh, we're just not Christians in this world. We come from all beliefs and that if we can do things together, we can make incredible changes in the world. So the interfaith piece really spoke to me. And the fact that we were going to uh, not just put Band-Aids on problems, but really look at what was underlying an issue and how what could we do to make a difference in this world. And we were one of the first uh, faith communities in Eau Claire to get involved in Jonah. And so that was back in 2008, and that really took my pilot light and made it brighter again. Uh, I, I just really do love social justice work, and it was at the same time the Unity Movement was telling us as local communities that, you know, if you weren't doing that kind of work, you really needed to do it. And so it came for me at a really good time, and as I started sharing it on Sunday mornings, I could see that there was a percentage of people within the congregation that were really looking for that kind of involvement for their lives. And I've watched us over time as we've come involved with Jonah work, it's how it deepens us spiritually, and it does help us. You know, we use the words, we're all connected, we're all one. It really helps us see that. That what one what affects my sister, my brother affects me, and that whole idea of we what affects someone else does affect us, and so we want to work for the good of all. So that was the local Jonah work, and then a couple of years later, along came a gal, two women out of Chicago, who wanted to bring water to a village in Africa, and she happened to be coming to our church in Unity twice a year to do a workshop and started sharing her project and her passion. And we caught we caught the fire from her and said, how can we, you know, how can we help you? And it was through the power of prayer when they started having challenges uh, with uh, a well they were digging and no water. They called us for prayer. And within days, they had more water than they knew what to do with. And so that whole community on the other side of the world saw the and connected with us. And then we were able to bring some of those people from that village here and connected with our community here. So it's just been an incredible partnership. It just keeps growing and the power of that connection. So we have both local and global uh, social justice work. And... I, I believe it's made me a better minister. You told, too, as a part of that story that they named, was it the uh, the irrigation ditch or the aqueduct? They named it. Yes. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, when they called and said, oh, my God, your prayers worked, and we're praying for you, and they put out, you know, I was, I was able to visit last January, and over at that village and just really taken with the fact they all have cell phones. (laughs) 
And so when they needed to start building a, or digging a trench to lay the pipe that went from this well to the reservoir, which was about a mile, they put the call out on the cell phones and 3,000 people showed up to dig a path, I have pictures of it, and when it was men, women, and children, and when they completed the digging, they named it Unity Path. And when that story was told at our church, we all cried. It just felt very special. That's incredible. I, I can see that, that, that it just does make your light shine. And what a blessing for your whole church community to participate in that. And as you said, to have that direct experience that what you do affects other people in such a positive way. Wow. Yeah, Thanks we really feel that. very gifted, very gifted with um, the different things that's happened to us in our community. Uh, and we're just extremely grateful and feeling very blessed. Right. That's living living that uh, spiritual life. You're really letting that light shine. I, I know in your community, too, you do, in your church there in Eau Claire, that you do have some emphasis on recovery. How does that work in your church? How do you do that? Well, I, you know, I will probably at least once a month make reference to my own recovery. Um, and just from, you know, a sentence here or there, people who are in uh, 12-step programs or in recovery I see a nodding of the head, so they know what I'm talking about. And I would say about a third of our uh, community uh, is in a recovery program. Uh, we do have a large uh, group, AA group, that meets in our building once a week. And it started about five years ago, and I hear out in the community that it is one of the best AA meetings in town. And I think they're about, they average about 40 people. Mm-hmm. And so it, when you have a population, a larger population of people who are in recovery, I think you draw then more people that are walking that journey, um, especially when people have reached that place of really being awakened spiritually to the joy of living and where they're having, I mean, you can see it in people's faces that they're happy about sobriety and that they're not just dry or sober, but they're really celebrating life in a new way. Do you believe that it makes any difference to the recovery, to the quality of what happens in your church community or not, that you have, you know, a good percentage of people that are in recovery? I think it's very helpful, um, and I know many unity ministers that are in recovery, and I think maybe because the minister is that that draws that population, uh, but I think it's a great asset because I think people in recovery who have worked the steps, you know, it's an incredible foundation and path for living. I, I've always said Anyone could benefit from living the 12 steps. They don't have to be addicted to anything. But then aren't we all addicted to something? <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I know uh, you'd said earlier today that that sense of um, when of, of profound change or profound transformation uh, through working uh, steps, through coming to grips with uh, what life was like and what the potential of does give an insight into the process of transformation or spirituality that sometimes it's difficult to get if you haven't mm-hmm. seen, if you haven't kind of really been down some dark, dark roads. How do you see that? Right. Right. Um, well, I'll just, I'll share something that, uh, and when I was doing a little bit of research about how we would relate recovery to Easter, um, you don't really have to be a Christian to experience what I see as a life-healing gift of the Easter message. Um, You just have to be willing to allow yourself to go deeper uh, on a metaphysical level to the message of Easter. Um, 
can guide us in our inner self-healing, in our insights, in shedding our shadows. We've done a lot of shadow work. Um, and just opening to that place of renewal and that creative place within us. And I, I think that's another really important aspect of this holiday that we're being in, that we're entering this week. And that Easter's really is a metaphor for a deeper meaning of life and a spiritual awakening, which is what the 12 steps are all about. So it really connects for me very well. It does. Our time has come to a close. I want to thank you oh. so much, Sandra McKinney. Yes, it goes fast. <laughs> thank it you does. so much for being my guest. Thank you for your life, for your living this transforming power of recovery on a daily basis, and for letting that pilot light of yours shine so brightly in uh, the work that you're thank doing. Thank you, Anna. You know, you've been a great resource in my life, one of my best teachers. Uh. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> Listeners, thanks for listening with us today. We're glad you're here, and you have a wonderful uh, week, a week of deepening and a week, week of spiritual awakening. God bless. We'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Celebrated Unity Minister and author Eric Butterworth tells us, The exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization, no matter what the problems or challenges you may face, there is always more in you, the mystery of God in you, the Christ in you, which means your potential for healing, for overcoming, for prosperity. There is no limit. Join us each week for Discovering Eric Butterworth, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time with host Rev. Tom Thorpe. Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says, we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. 
His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.